0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Cameron Dennis, Physical Therapist with the Back on Track Running Podcast, where we offer up the best solutions to problems that runners face on a daily basis. For more information, please visit backontracktherapy.com or join the Running Injury Support Group on Facebook. Now, let's get to the show. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, Physical Therapist and owner of Back on Track Therapy and Wellness. And today... I have with me uh, my new business partner, Dr. Eric May. He's also a physical therapist um, who specializes in powerlifting and treatment of uh, more weightlifters as I kind of go towards the running side of things. But um, today we're actually going to be talking about uh, blood flow restriction training or BFR
1: or um, what's the other name for it? It's it's low blood flow constriction or... Yeah, uh, the constriction or restriction is kind of constriction makes you think it's completely like blood is completely constricted, so or it's like your limb is constricted and there's no blood flow, but there is actually some blood flow, so restricted is kind of the preferred term.
0: Sure, sure. Okay. So um, that was Eric, and Eric, would you like to kind of introduce yourself, because this is the first time that you've actually been on the podcast, so... Um, Go ahead and tell everybody a little bit
1: about yourself. All right. So as he said, my name is Eric May. Um, I am a physical therapist also. And in college, I just got into lifting weights after playing baseball. So um, yeah, after playing baseball, I still wanted to do something competitive. So I tried to go into powerlifting. Um, And along with that, I got my strength conditioning certification um, and just kind of went towards the strength sports a little bit. So, one, I enjoyed doing it myself, and two, I realized that I really enjoyed treating people that also like to do exactly what I like to do. So, I got into the programming of their stuff, um, I got into the treating of them, um, and then just the different methods and programming behind the strength athletes.
0: Okay, and how did you come to become a business
1: partner here? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, so, so um, I also had, we, Cameron and I, uh, went to high school together I, uh small small world um <laughs> and uh we both kind of had our own little business thing and we decided that we both have different different things to bring to a business venture so we kind of yeah. gathered our thoughts together and kind of went in and realized that two was going to work better than just trying to go on our own so yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah That's it's it. been
1: great so um <clears throat> okay so let's talk
0: a little bit about BFR now that we've got kind of the introductions out of the way, so and from here on out, we're going to probably refer to it as BFR. Um, so since you're the one who kind of has been using this more than I have, I just got my cuffs uh, in the mail a couple days ago, so I really have only used it a couple times. Um, but you know in your experience, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about what what BFR is um, and
1: how does it work? All right, so BFR has been around for a while, but it's getting, by a while, I mean a fair amount of years, but it's just getting a lot more traction now. So the idea is you basically take a tourniquet, um, and we can discuss what all that entails, but a tourniquet, like we know uh, people use a tourniquet in the battlefield, so it doesn't have to be a battlefield tourniquet, but something that restricts blood flow to a limb. And it's basically tying a tourniquet around the proximal or the part where the limb the arm or the leg attaches to the body and then you're doing exercise while some blood is restricted and that tourniquet is in place so that's the most basic if you can imagine that somebody with a tourniquet around the top of their leg and they're doing an exercise while they have that tourniquet on sure
0: and when when did this originate wasn't it something that something that had to do with uh, olympians or something like that or powerlifters like you know decades ago
1: So actually, and this is uh, some of Johnny Owens' stuff, who if you look up uh, blood flow restriction, Johnny Owens is going to be one of your big ones you're always going to see. They were using it some on the wounded warriors, actually. So individuals who came back from overseas, wherever, if they had like a blast injury and they lost part of their limb, um, they can't really lift a lot of weight and they can't really do a ton of exercise. So they wanted to try to find a way to improve muscle mass and strength. Without them being able to do a ton of exercise or activity, um, with just low level movements, which is the premise then behind, and that's how they came up with blood flow restriction training. It's basically a way to use really light load, uh, light weight, and kind of minimal stress on the body, but yet it then produces large, large strength and um, muscle size improvements. Sure. So they were using it sort of in the rehabilitation side of
0: things um how has it been used in um
1: sort of the performance world so the performance world uh it's it's used a lot in rehab um but you can also use it a lot in the performance world as far as if you go off what it is which is allowing somebody to use really light loads or low intensity exercise but yet it produces a stimulus or produces results like you are lifting really heavy. Let's take a runner, for example. If you have a runner who is doing 60 miles a week and they're just pounding out mileage, that's a lot on your knees, that's a lot on the joints of your lower body, but yet you still know that you need some strength work. So instead of them going in and loading up a barbell or doing taking dumbbells and trying to do heavy squats or like heavy lunges or something like that, their joints are already sore. Um, you can use blood flow restriction. You can use just body weight if you want Or really light loads and your body the muscles will respond and increase in strength and size like you were lifting really heavy but you're not lifting heavy at all you're you're there's no real load going through the joints does that kind of make sense
0: yeah no that sounds
1: so it's yeah for performance it's used a lot Um, you can use it in season if you want to improve strength but not stress the body a ton and you can use it out of season just to mix things up a bit and change okay change what you're doing yeah and so how does it actually work? You know, how does constricting blood flow to
0: a limb, how does that actually affect the limb and affect the muscles?
1: And, and does it just affect the muscles in that area? So that's, that's a big question. Um, and it can get a little bit sciency. but basically what you're actually doing is just tricking the body into thinking that it's lifting heavy weight, but it's not lifting heavy weight. So that's actually the basic premise. Even just beyond the science, if you just think of it, my body is responding like I'm lifting something heavy, but I'm not. I'm not lifting anything heavy. That is the basic premise. So that sounds. I mean, that sounds really cool.
0: But how specifically um, at the. I don't want to get too sciencey like you said, but you know, if you could put it down into maybe like 10 seconds, what would you say is actually going on? Um, That's different when you're doing lightweight compared to doing the BFR with the same lightweight.
1: So the biggest thing is when when you're doing lightweight, you can do a ton of repetitions because you're using a different system, a different energy system that you have. So that's like distance runners that we talked about earlier that are generally smaller in size and muscles can go for a long time. But if you load up something really, really heavy, you can only do a few reps of that. So you're using different, you're using different muscle pathways or like different uses for your muscle and energy systems. So the one that causes growth, which like I said, the sprinters are the ones that are usually jacked is your shorter, high intensity, high intensity activities. So that's what the occluding blood basically puts you in a state that you're immediately using your high intensity, uh, your, your it would be your higher, like your higher motor unit recruitment, um, yeah,
0: sure. Sure. No, that sounds good. Um, and it, honestly, all of this sounds really cool. What does the science say about this? Has there been research on this to, to show its efficiency or its, its uh, efficacy? I should say it's
1: uh, effectiveness. Yeah, so they're putting out a ton of research on this now. Um, and it's backed really, really well. Um, it's been shown across a bunch of different populations. So whether it's obviously a lot of times we think of it for like the athletic population, um, they're using it a ton for like post-op ACLs, um, so knee surgeries. Uh, again, if you can't lift much weight because you just had an ACL repair, but you're, you don't want your muscle to atrophy or decrease in size, if you can do activities with a cuff on, then you will uh, maintain your muscle size or increase it um, just from doing simple things that are okay with your rehab protocol. But then you can also get to where they're using it more in elderly for like walking programs. Um, so if an elderly has trouble with their bone density, muscle mass, you can actually just put the cuff on and have them walk for 15 minutes and they're showing really good improvements in function and strength and bone density for that. Cool. So they're using it across a bunch of different populations. Mm -hmm. And so since this is something that's, it's been
0: used for a while, but not widespread in the rehab world uh, as far as I've seen, um, but it is definitely growing in popularity. How can someone listening to this podcast Find someone to help them with a program that includes BFR. So you could
1: you, you can find some stuff online. It's like anything um, any anymore. You can always find something online and Google it, but, uh, which isn't terrible in this case. But um, the best thing usually is to find a provider. So I am a big supporter of Owens Recovery Science. So if you go to owensrecoveryscience.com, dot um, there O W E N S. Yes, O W E N S and then science recovery, Um, and if you Google that, they'll have a list of providers for, and those are some of like the high level best providers that you can find, Um, and the uh, physical therapists, athletic trainers, kind of medical professionals is what you have to be in order to provide that. Um, But if you wanna do it yourself, they do have different kind of tourniquet systems uh, that you can buy online. Some are obviously better than others. Um, I guess I caution you to buy something super cheap, about buying something super cheap because they're not usually medically made for that kind of thing, but, um, you can do it online, find some online. Right. And I guess
0: there are, there can be medical concerns, um, and potential adverse effects from doing this yourself without knowing exactly what you're doing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what might happen say if someone does, uh,
1: too little, um, blood occlusion or too much? So if you're a healthy individual just doing this, um, you could get away with doing too much. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of times if, if you have surgery on your leg, the surgeon may completely occlude your blood for two hours in surgery. So if you're occluding your own blood for 10 minutes and doing an exercise, you're probably not gonna hurt yourself. Um, with that being said, if you just had a surgery, uh, I probably wouldn't just occlude your own blood and then do blood BFR training. Um, so if you're a healthy individual listening to this, you're a runner, you're a weightlifter, um, you could actually get away with buying just some straps. And then if you go too tight, um, nothing is probably honestly really going to happen. It's very safe. You may get a little bit where your hand or foot goes numb, but you could just loosen up the strap or just stop the exercise. Um, and then if you do too low, if you don't have enough pressure build buildup, um, it's not tight enough, then you just likely aren't going to get the results. It's just like doing it without any tourniquet on. Mm-hmm. So how does someone know? I mean, is it just the tingling, so the
0: numbness and tingling of the of the extremity that they have um, wrapped, essentially, that you know, as a way of them knowing, hey, I need to loosen this up a little bit.
1: It just goes numb. Is that sort of an indicator? Yeah. So that's one of the signs. Although you'll get that even with the exact specific blood pressure reading and occlusional, and you even with like the legitimate cuff um, that we have. So not always. they would. They've compared. Try to compare it to roughly like a five out of ten pull on the on your arms and a seven out of ten pull on the legs. So whatever that means, I don't really know. I mean, seventy percent intensity and fifty percent intensity in the arms. Um, so it's kind of tough to say. Basically, there's just a big gray area. <laughs> you're not sure. Uh, so, yeah, you. I mean, how do you tell what 50% of pull is and 70% of pull? Depends on how stiff your bands are, your tourniquets. Depends on a bunch of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's just much tougher to figure out specifically when you're doing it yourself.
0: Okay. Um, so, uh, what what is it supposed to feel like? You know, it, it, so say you're doing it perfectly. What
1: exactly should they be? feeling in, in the muscle that they're working should feel like misery no, I'm just kidding but kind of, <laughs> but not really uh, if you've had it done the best way to describe it is if you've done high-intensity training before where you feel like your muscles are gonna explode like that buildup of lactic acid in the muscles and your muscle just feels like extremely swollen and fatigued and burning that's exactly what it feels like it's just you're using very lightweight and you're like how do I feel like this in my muscle even though I'm using such lightweight, so I mean it is fairly uncomfortable, especially in the legs. You can have strong individuals that are just doing bodyweight squats with it on, and it will feel like your leg has just been worked out for a long time, extremely hard. So that's what it should feel like if you're doing it yourself. Um, it's very fatiguing.
0: So who who should be using this? Um, is this something that um, you think the regular run of the mill? runner casual runner should be using in their training or just people who are hardcore or someone going through rehab you know what what do you think is the kind of the best um, use of this
1: i get yeah i mean nobody really has to use it it's more just people have been doing acl like coming back from acls for a long time without using it um and they do okay but now they're starting to realize that using it may be even more optimal than not so I'd say the same thing with your casual runner. Um, you may not be using it, and you're doing okay without it. But if you felt inclined that you wanted to bump up your strengthening game, um, you wanted to, yeah, I, I, it's I don't know. It's tough to say because you you don't have to use it, and I I wouldn't advocate advocate for somebody going out and just buying bands if they're doing fine on their own. But I feel like if you have an injury, I would definitely consider doing it. I guess that would be where I would where I would start is if you have an injury. Um, and you're looking to come back and you want to do some strength training and you want to increase size and strength without lifting heavy, then yes, I would look into it. But for a performance standpoint, unless you're higher level performance, I wouldn't really go that route necessarily. Okay. Um, so
0: this is something that we use in our clinic for those listening. Um, so if, if you live in the Wapak area the Lima, um, Troy, Vandalia, or Sydney, um, this is something that we do if you're interested um, especially if you're dealing with an injury or something like that. But um, anyway, do you have any uh, final thoughts or anything that that maybe we left out that we haven't said about BFR, uh, blood flow restriction training that you want to make sure that everybody knows, or um, any
1: anything from personal use that you'd like to include? Uh, I do use it for personal use just because I like it. So if I'm if I'm doing a bunch of heavy lifting and I have a day that I just want to not have my joints feel like they're having to put a bunch of load on a barbell over them. then I'll use it. Um, The big takeaway, I guess, for like its best use and final thoughts is if I were to have something done to my knee or my shoulder and I had to go through rehab, if I really want, me personally, if I wanted to maintain my strength and size and not lose muscle, which everybody has to usually go through after like a surgery, um, I would absolutely do this. Um, I would have people in this like myself three times a week, four times a week. Um, especially for those first, like, six weeks or so after after surgery. Um, before then, you can do higher-level stuff. Set a, a, a particular brand
0: of cuffs or bands that you think uh, someone who wants to try this on their
1: own might benefit from, or what's something that you might recommend? There are a couple different ones. When I actually started just doing, messing around, I saw flow uh, restriction training on the internet, like, five years ago. Uh, and I just actually, before I was even in PT, I started messing around. They have like medical tourniquets online you can buy and stuff that you'll use to draw blood. So, I mean, I'd use those, but, but I would recommend, uh, I would probably go, there's a, a brand called B-Strong and that's, those are probably the ones that I would recommend. The, there's a Delphi unit that's very expensive and you have to be a licensed medical professional. That's the one that we have here at the clinic that we both work at, um, so, B-Strong are the ones that you could buy for yourself that are pretty legit. Mm-hmm.
0: And Yeah, and those are the ones that I got in the mail that I ordered before um, uh, Eric came on as a partner and it had this, like, super technical unit. Um, but basically, the ones, what is it? It's literally the letter B, Yep, Strong, S-T-R-O-N-G, um, and they seem to be pretty good. They don't. Uh, I'm not sure they hold the pressure as well as the is the super sort of technical and expensive one, um, but I wouldn't expect it to. Um, you know, I think you kind of get what you pay for. That's something that you told me yesterday. So, yeah, but they seem to be pretty good for what for what I paid. Um, but I would definitely suggest that anyone who tries to do this on their own um, does some does their due diligence and does their research on the particular um, unit that they buy. Um, just to make sure that they know all the safety precautions and things like that. Because um, basically, I don't want people coming back to this <laughs> podcast and saying that we told them it was clear to go ahead and just do it. I want you to make sure that you know that every unit's going to be different. If, you know. And so I really want you to do your research to make sure it's something that's going to be safe for you. Um, if you have a history of blood clots and things like that, um, I would definitely get clearance from your doctor
1: before you do something like this. Um, and there's your disclaimer, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for this episode, that is the disclaimer. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I. To uh, tangent off of that real quick, I would agree. Uh, typically, they would say if you're healthy enough to exercise, then you are healthy healthy enough to do BFR because BFR doesn't really place any additional stress on your system that would be like a, like a health concern. But with that being said, um, sometimes people can mess up anything. So. Just, yeah, use some common sense with it uh, and maybe reach out to somebody, even if you reach out to like us, who kind of knows a little bit what we're talking about with this would be helpful.
0: Okay. So if you don't have anything else to add, um, that's probably it for today. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist and owner of uh, Back on Track Therapy and Wellness out here in Wapakoneta, Ohio, Um, and this was Dr. Eric May talking about the BFR, Blood Flow Restriction Training. Um, For more information, you can go to backontracktherapy.com or uh, you can join the uh, Facebook group on, uh, it's facebook.com slash groups slash running injury support group, where we oftentimes will post a lot of these podcasts and and YouTube videos and things like that. And just sort of try and help people out with their running injuries and give them sort of direction so that they don't feel so alone with what they're going through. So uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Back on Track Running Podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our mission is to help one million runners to avoid unnecessary surgery and get back to running pain-free. We offer free online resources and paid online injury consultation and run coaching to those interested in taking their running to the next level. Visit backontracktherapy.com for more details. Once again, this is Dr. Cameron Dennis, physical therapist and running specialist, and thanks for listening.